Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Whoa, whoa. Rough first half for Drake, the 11 play-in game. Drake down 19-8. With five and a half minutes left in the first half, Wichita on top. It's funny, every uh, year I always have a team or two where I'm like, how do they get in? And I mentioned Wichita the other day with their net of 72. And they're kicking the crap out of Drake right now. 30 seconds left. Adam Hill sweating out this one. The game that started at the beginning of the day. It's a 16 play-in. Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. Texas Southern up 5, 56-51. Missing that middle. That sucks. Uh, I need a a Mount St. Mary's to win the game. So that's not going to happen. They just foul in a three-pointer. Disastrous. Uh, I think it's about time to play back. I got. I have Wichita money line at plus one twenty-five. Probably time to play back right now. This this is, by the way, the only way to be betting anything. But NCAA tournament for sure, just all day. Um, every game you're just going. You're just going for middles. You're, you're betting against the team that's having a run against them, and uh, and just trying to play back the other side. So, I got Pickham Mount St. Mary's plus four and a half at Texas Southern, hoping to kind of get that middle. Didn't happen. Texas Southern is going to win outright. Uh, the other side, got Wichita, money line. Now I try to play the, uh, I don't know if I get maybe plus 12 at halftime maybe. No, maybe plus 8. We'll see how that works out, where where exactly lands when they get to half. But that would be nice. Right, Drake in play right now is plus 7.5, and, okay. and they're down 21-10 to 10 to Wichita State. <laughs> wow, another one of the quarterbacks is off the board, one of those guys who's kind of a borderline starter. Mitch Trubisky to the Buffalo Bills to be the backup behind Josh Allen. And, you know, in a lot of ways, their games are similar. Uh, I said repeatedly last year, man, if the Bears would just go all out and use Trubisky like Josh Allen, make him more dangerous on the edges, a guy who can get downhill, then I think he's going to grow as a quarterback. Um, That sort of talk, though, is not accepted in Bills' circles because if you compare Trubisky in any way to Josh Allen, what happens? People freak out, as they did today, which was hilarious. Um, I, I think it's a very smart signing uh, for a couple reasons. One, as you mentioned, similar player. Yep. And you're, you built an entire offense around Josh Allen to cover his flaws. But you, you build this whole offense, and if he gets hurt, then you have to go to somebody else who doesn't play the same style. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You bring in Trubisky. He's the, the same type of player. And... You know, you could just plug him in and run kind of the same plays, the same offense. Uh, so it makes a ton of sense from that standpoint. But here's the other thing. Like, the Bills fixed Josh Allen, at least temporarily, but maybe permanently. Maybe he's fixed. And so if you're them, if you're sitting around in, in Orchard Park, New York, you're like, hey, this other guy with similar skill set has similar issues of consistency, of not being able to read defenses, the same thing Josh Allen was his first two years, maybe we can fix him too. So I, I think it works on multiple levels for the Bills to bring in Trubisky, which is great. But what you're referencing, is, as I was talking about, was like a lot of 
places. I know CBS for sure put up a tweet that were like, wow, Trubisky and Allen on the same team now. Look how similar their stats are for, the, for their career. And the Bills fans were freaking out. Like, they hate numbers. Like, hate facts now. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable where people are. How could you compare them? They literally put up their stats. Like, that's literally what they did. Not compare. You're the one reading too much into it, but um, it's just it's amazing how much people freaked out. And you know they're not the same player. They are. They're the same player. What do you think of the Chiefs and the job they've done so far on the offensive line rebuild? They signed away uh, Joe Tooney, big money, eighty million dollars, versatile guy, guard, but might be playing center. I think that's the handwriting that's on the wall. Uh, they bring in Kyle Long. What the frig? What happened here? Huh. Howie Long's kid isn't going to be a Raider. Um, so he's in. And now Mike Remmers, who is kind of a utility lineman, he just signed for like $3 million today. So what do you think? What do you think of what they've done to try to rebuild their line? I, mean, I think it's one of those situations that we'll have to find out how it works out because, as you said, you're going you're to move guys around, bring them in to play different positions. Uh, how does that all kind of come together? But the fact that they're adding very talented players on the offensive line I think is a very good sign for them. It's something they have to do. Uh, we saw what happened to them in the Super Bowl. That's their biggest flaw, uh, potential flaw that they have, and biggest thing holding them back from, you know, winning a Super Bowl this year and potentially next year. So they're absolutely addressing needs now. How will you know Thune work out a different position? How will Kyle Long work out after having been retired and sitting on the sidelines? We don't know, but these are very, very high-level, talented players that you know should make a quick improvement to a huge area of need for the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up, we're going to continue our draft preview. Yeah, we know it's a ways away, but there's a lot of intrigue, and especially at the back end of the draft with those teams that were really good last year. What do you do? You draft for need. You draft the best available. I think a lot of people look back at what the Chiefs did with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, he might be a nice player, but God almighty, they needed some line depth uh, in the Super Bowl, and, you know, things came unraveled there. So what are the Saints going to do? They seem to have their quarterback uh, race in place with Winston and Taysom Hill. We're going to check in with Mike Triplett as we continue our path to the draft as the 28th pick is up as we count down to number one. Mike's the Saints expert from ESPN.com. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. It's time for Cofield and Company's Path to the Draft. Presented by Weed Sellers. Weedsellers.com. That's weed, C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com. Back here on ESPN Las Vegas, our path to the draft. And the number 28 team is up as we count down to number one. Mike Triplett covers the Saints for ESPN.com. Mike, how you doing? It's a crazy time this week as uh, the NFL calendar switched, but uh, the action got started pretty early a couple of days ago. Well, the Saints made, unfortunately, most of their moves before the start of free agency because they began the offseason about $100 million over the salary cap and, and had to release a lot of players this year because it, you know, they probably got hit harder by that reduced cap than maybe any other team in the NFL. Um, so they did a lot of player releases. I don't expect them to be super aggressive in free agency, but they are the Saints, and they will continue to be somewhat aggressive. They will always be in on one or two players and then find the room for it if needed. What was the most disappointing name that we heard who had to go bye-bye? 
Well, I would say one thing that was interesting about their approach is people were a little worried. Oh, no, what does this mean for the superstars, including obviously Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, who they had already re-signed, and then a couple more that are due to be free agents next year, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, among others. And it looks like they're committed to keeping the top of the roster intact. Any guy who's like a top 100 guy, they even placed a franchise tag on safety, Marcus Williams. But it was that second and third tiers of the roster that that really took a big hit. Uh, their number two cornerback, Janoris Jenkins, their number two receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, their number two tight end, Josh Hill, their probably number two defensive tackle, Malcolm Brown, uh, and, and a longtime punter, Thomas Morstead, who's really beloved here. So they really lost a lot. Uh, of that second, third tier depth that that you know is usually pretty underrated in this league. Mike Triplett covers the Saints, and we're doing the uh, path to the draft right here on ESPN Las Vegas. We'll get to the draft because it's going to be very important for the Saints. You know, when you're a, a cap struggling team, you got to nail some guys in the draft. But let's talk about the big story: uh, Breeze moving on officially. Uh, I'm going to use the word coax. How do they coax Jameis Winston into signing, re-signing with the Saints? And do you believe that he had some real suitors from outside the organization? Well, there was a report of the Bears showing interest, but he's sort of in that quarterback limbo. Uh, We saw it with Teddy Bridgewater here when he was the backup. There's a market for starters, and there's a market for backups. And, and, you know, Winston absolutely has a chance to become a starter here, and if he does, it'll really pay off for him next year. But, you know, another team to pry him away from New Orleans would have had to really commit and say – the starting job is yours. We want you to come here and be a starter and probably pay at least $10 million or more to get that done. If it was, here's an opportunity, if it was something like Marcus Mariota's uh, deal with, with the Raiders last year, I don't think that could have pried him away from New Orleans because the upside is so high in New Orleans. I mean, this is if he wins this starting job over Taysom Hill and, and they don't draft or trade for anyone else, uh, there's an opportunity to really thrive here. Mike, do you feel like the Saints, in a way, have pulled off a coup here with the rest of the league looking at Jameis as a borderline starter? Uh, those of us out here in Vegas, I don't know why it is, but uh, at ESPN Las Vegas on my show, we all love Jameis Winston, and we think he should be a yeah. starting quarterback for sure. So I kind of feel like the Saints have are in this zone of, like, they may have stolen one from the league. Well, it remains to be seen. I mean, he was in that sort of group. I, I mentioned Mariota, who obviously you guys are familiar with. He didn't get that starting job last year. Cam Newton finally did get one very late in the offseason. Two mixed results with uh, with the Patriots. I guess you could put Andy Dalton in that group. Uh, uh, he's, you know, he had to settle for a backup deal last year. He's going to get a starting opportunity this year, but um, you know, sort of the prove-it guys. Uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick got a deal w- with Washington. Uh, he's in the prove it guys, but I agree of, of everyone in that group, he might have the highest ceiling, particularly where he's at. Right. Uh, he's got Sean Payton coaching him and Pete Carmichael, and he's got Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara to throw to, and he's got a good offensive line. Uh, if it's going to work out, he's, he, he's, he's in the best uh, opportunity for it to work out, but that doesn't mean he would have been, you know, it doesn't mean, oh, the Bears should have signed him or Washington should have signed him, and, and they definitely would have. Uh, it definitely would have worked out. I mean, there are some question marks, but I do agree. The, the comparison I keep making is, you know, they have the 28th pick in the draft. He, he, he's more of a draft choice. You know, he reminds me of Jordan Love with the Packers last year. There's still so much potential, but they've got to tap into it. Jameis Winston against Taysom Hill. 50-50 battle, 75-25. Where is it? 
in between those two, okay. I, I, you know, I would say somewhere between like 51 and 60 percent. I'd lean wow. toward Jameis Winston. I, I think they want Jameis Winston. I think I think the best case scenario is for Winston to earn it because I do think he has a higher ceiling. He's actually three years younger than Taysom Hill. He just turned 27. Um, and if Winston wins that job, then you can keep using Taysom Hill and his other role on offense. So I think Winston is going to get every opportunity to win it. But, you know, they obviously like Hill a lot, and Hill has now four starts under his belt from last season. So Winston doesn't get it for free. If he doesn't step up and earn it, then – you know, they, they like the safety net they've got in Taysom Hill. Let's talk about the draft. It's our path to the draft. Number 28 pick is up. Saints, Mike Triplett covers the team for ESPN.com. So they got their first at 28. They got a second. They got two-thirds. So give me some key needs for the Saints where they got to nail it in this draft. Well, it's some of the positions that we talked about earlier in the conversation that they let go. Um, when they let Janoris Jenkins and Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook and uh, – um, Josh Hill all go this offseason, then all of a sudden receiver, tight end, cornerback, they need some depth. I mean, they may fill that with a second-tier free agent. We'll see. But, uh, you know, receiver and corner in particular, they probably need to get younger anyway. Every team needs those. Defensive end, they lost Trey Hendrickson in free agency. Uh, uh, they could use some depth at defensive end. If they're not going to re-sign both of their standout offensive tackles long-term, they could use some depth there. Uh, so it's not necessarily glaring needs where they need a guy to come in and be a starter right away, which is good since they don't pick until 28th. But, you know, a lot of those positions now, depth has become an issue. We know there's three big receivers at the top of the heap in this draft. Do you have a fourth or fifth that you like that would match the system with the Saints? Not necessarily, but I do think that's a position where, look, they're not going to lock themselves in to say we're drafting a receiver at 28, but I think everyone agrees that the depth is so good at receiver for like the third year in a row in the early rounds of this draft that I've, I do think one of those four picks you mentioned, their first or second or one of their two-thirds, I'd be surprised if they don't find a receiver they like out of that group. Let's uh, finish up coming full circle, and this is more of an AFC West update for Raiders fans and a division rival. Uh, Chargers wind up losing Hunter Henry. They're bringing in Jared Cook. Give me your impression of what Jared yeah. Cook is now, because uh, I, I I don't know. I, I I thought I heard people were getting a little unhappy with Jared Cook in terms of kind of toughness and making sure that he was catching the ball in tight spots. Well, he had a couple down games uh, this year. First of all, uh, you know Raiders fans who, who who were fans, you know, before they oh, made yeah. the move, he had the best year of his career there. Uh, the, when he was paired with John Gruden, and he continued to have some of that success in New Orleans in his first year, uh, set a career high with nine touchdowns last year, um, and continued to have some nice moments this year, but a little bit of a drop-off. He didn't quite have, not necessarily drops, but, you know, the 50-50 balls that he could have caught, he wasn't necessarily reeling in. He had a couple of fumble drop issues in a, in a high-profile, like, Sunday night game against Tampa Bay, but then, unfortunately, also, had uh, had the really costly fumble in their playoff loss to Tampa Bay. So I think there's still something there, but uh, th- there was definitely a slight drop-off this year from what he had done the two previous years it, with both the Raiders and the Saints. It's Vegas, so we talk gambling all the time. Uh, Mike Triplett <laughs> is with us. I mean, just a guess, right? If uh, if they post a, you know an 8.5 uh, over-under win total for the Saints, are they can they win double digits, or are they going to be about an 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, team, or maybe worse? No, I, look, I think they, I would, I would bet the over on eight and a half. Now the problem is, 
you know, the reason those lines are always <laughs> Vegas, you know, Vegas compared to what beat writers predict for their teams, you know, the, the beat writers for teams always predict them to go like 50 games over uh, 500 because some teams have injuries and the Saints are not going to be that well prepared to deal with injuries because of the depth issues that we talked about. But this is still, we're talking about a team that probably has six of the top 100, you know, players in the league, talent-wise, one of the most talented rosters in the league. The question mark is at quarterback, and that's a big question mark. But they, you know, they got, um, you know, up and down play at quarterback last year with Drew Brees not having his best season and Taysom Hill starting four games. This team does not just rely on its quarterback. It can run the ball. It's got an offensive line. It's got a really good defense. So I, I expect them to once again be in playoff contention. I think it'd be a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. Mike, that was awesome. Thank you so much. We know you're a busy guy. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. There you go. Mike Triplett covers the Saints for ESPN.com. We're about 20 minutes away from getting the latest on the numbers. For the NCAA tournament, the official bracket, Tony Miller is going to step in. Golden Knights games and 77-cent Bud Light bottles? Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has you hooked up. For Dustin DeHart's Club 99, back to Steve Cofield. All right, we'll get you a score update here in just a couple minutes on the NCAA tournament. Game's being played right now, but it is Club 99. Some things to uh, rate on the Madden scale. Can we rate uh, Wichita State's ending to the half? Yeah, tell me. Uh, I'll rate it a two. Oh, I think ever since you uh, pointed out the score, they have not scored. Wow, twenty-one twenty at the break. <laughs> Wichita leads. Nightmare. Didn't lock in the middle yet, so I I wanted to get it to twelve. Didn't get there, and I've missed that. So hopefully, early in the second half, I can get it. Texas Southern has played its way into the field, sixty to fifty-two win against Mount St. Mary's. What a second half! They were down ten at the half, thirty to twenty, blew them out. Uh, went on 11-0 run to start the half, and then Mount St. Mary's answered with, I believe, an 8-0 run to go back up 7. Uh, that's when I bet it back, and then uh, it was pretty much all Texas Southern from there. Both teams were horrific at the free throw line in the second half, it seemed like, and uh, Mount St. Mary's just couldn't get anything going offensively, and then a big foul on a three-pointer in the closing 90 seconds really was the deciding play. A uh, big game of the day is UCLA and Michigan State. That is a 6.57 start. Glamour matchup there. Trying to play their way in to take on BYU. Michigan State here at William Hill, as we're at Silver 7s, is minus 2 in that one. We'll give out some picks in a little bit. All right. What's going on with the uh, sitch in Indianapolis in terms of uh, bubbling the players and you know getting them some, uh, in this case, I'll, I'll call it above board extra benefits with food. Well, first of all, I would recommend people go watch. Uh, if you go on Twitter, go to the Wisconsin basketball Twitter account. They made a uh, one of those uh, f- like Full House or Family Matters. I can't remember which theme it was, but you know, basically, uh, uh, you know, a sitcom open with all the scenes that are going on in, in Indianapolis, which is pretty funny. But uh, basically, they're they're there. They're locked down. Uh, most of the meals are just delivered to their rooms. They're really not supposed to go out or do anything. Uh, but late night, they've been having some big, you know, big brand food trucks come in. There was a Buffalo Wild Wings truck that came in. 
hundreds and hundreds of boneless wings and wings distributed to some of the players. And then uh, a stop from the Wendy's food truck also with just loads of cheeseburgers. I saw a photo of. Nice. Uh, I assume. Is this good for playing, though? Mm. The kids. They can Maybe not off. the health. Yeah, it's like they, they're machines. They can process the food instantly. I, I, can, like, pro- I can process it. Like a 2 a.m. Wendy's burger you're playing the next morning? Sure. Okay. I mean, to me, here's here's the thing. Just if you use me as evidence, I ate like a slob as a young person, and I'm still trucking along. I think it preps you for later in life. You have an iron stomach. You know, you can have, uh, I'm trying to think what I had as my fourth meal. The SO has been mocking on me. Well, how would we explain? About the fourth meal. How do we explain Gramala, though? Like, somebody like Gramala, who's never eaten anything. Uh, He's screwed. So his, like body's going to let him down because it's not ready for anything it's not ready for anything this this uh fitness health schmelth stuff you know but he doesn't do it for that though he just doesn't he eats like a five-year-old yeah but you you know i I can always remember or i can remember back to uh my parents or you know folks who were in their 50s and they're like oh had that you know this kind of sandwich late night i always forget i can't do that why not why says who (laughs) i I think if you if you went to public school and you oh. ate you ate those little square pizzas. Yep, your body's ready for anything now. Oh, come on! In in uh, New Jersey, in in like middle school, calzone day. There was not calzone. Day. Oh, we had calzones. Yeah, freaking awesome! <laughs> great calzones. What a what a Jersey thing that is. Oh, it was great. It was great. Calzones. We had we had the we had the square slice of pizza. But yeah, there was a calzone day, and you know, I mean, if you have a calzone now, it's loaded. You know, it's basically a you know folded up pizza, just like a stromboli is a certain form of that. But there's like actually stuff in the calzone. The middle school calzone was just it was just folded dough, a pocket, and just molten lava, really crappy tomato sauce, and sure. uh, and uh, I'll, I'll actually for this one I'll actually say mozzarella because I won't mozzarella. give it the res- I won't give it the it's respect a- of mozzarella. I, I mean, there was so many issues with like <laughs> school lunch, uh, but man, some of the combinations that they would throw together. I will say this: as a child, there was nothing better than square pizza with that little, uh, that little thing of chocolate milk, which is a horrible combination that I would never have now. But maybe I'm doing it wrong now. Maybe I need to have a square pizza with a chocolate milk right now. Maybe that would go well. Now, now what you did is bring up bad memories about middle school. Why? The chocolate milk. What a giant pain in the ass. To open? Yep. I never had success with it. I had it. it down pretty well. I There were so many times it was just a square, and I was, like, pouring it on my face. Like, you eventually gotta, I just had to open the whole thing, and I'm, like, trying to position it so that I don't, you know, pull a Dick Vitale in the insurance commercial. Yeah. With, ah, baby! You have to prep it. Like, you've got you've to gotta really get that top ready, kind of bend it, fold it back and forth. Uh-huh. You can't just try it. to rip it right open. I never mastered it. That's a mistake it. you make. I don't, I don't really drink chocolate milk now. Because of that, the horrors of can it, we, the embarrassment, should we, the shame. Can we bring those in to next time we do a show, like if we're here at uh, Silver Sevens or one of the other the, the challenge and challenge who can who can properly open one of those things? You're gonna win. Right. I will have to be so lucky. I'm, I think I feel like I'm a pro, but it's been like 30 years since I've done it. Now I'll give you a prime example of young guys. I mean, listen, you want to eat healthy, but you can, you know, they're 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 machines. They can process this stuff. Young women as well. For the Wendy's truck, Marco Anthony from Utah State should have been at the front of the line. Now, you watched them play this year. 
Virginia transfer, Utah State, big, thick kid, like 230 pounds at 6'5". Man, he gave Bryce Hamilton a load of trouble on both ends of the floor. Great defender, ugly shot. One of the worst shots I've ever seen in terms of form. Like the Ball brothers are like, dude, but come somehow, on, get your hands up. Somehow every shot against UNLV goes in. He made a lot of them. And I watch every other game I watch, he's like a 12% shooter. Against UNLV, he's like 75%. You saw the story, right? Of course I did. Of why he picked his number? He picked number 44. God, that's such a – what a great sideline story, and I never got it. You missed out. I talked about him in, in all three Utah State games a bunch, and I never had that story. So he's number 44, and they asked him why he picked number 44, and he said it's because of the Wendy's four-for-four dollar meal. That's ridiculous. Four-for-four, number 44. And then they asked him if he was joking, because like a couple times recently we've had stories where we look at it and we're like, is this serious or a joke? They asked him if he's joking, and he said – why would I make something like that up? <laughs> like, that's so obscure. I mean, I guess, this isn't real creative. I guess I would do 25 just for all the – I rarely go outside of the realm of the two-for-five deal of fast food. I, I will almost – unless it's the, one of the great chicken sandwiches at all these different joints, I will never get a sandwich at a fast food place that is not part of a two-for-five Isn't that only one place? No, I think I think most places kind of rotate a two-for-five. I think only – I think it's the only one uh, – the well, other, what place are you thinking of? Look, Burger King does it all the time. Okay, well, mine mine would be Arby's. There's oh, usually a beef. There's usually a beef and cheddar. Might be two for six, but in the past, it, two for five, like a beef and cheddar, and you know, whatever. They don't. I don't think they. Then they have like a. They used to have a sandwich. They still have it. They still have the RBQ. Is that what it was called? Just sl- the, that roast beef, which is not like the highest quality, just slathered in what, barbecue sauce. Why would you get anything but the meat mountain if you're going to Arby's? Well, that's not two for five. That that's the only thing. It's good value, though. Can we get it? Has anyone tried to get it again? I told you the last time I went up to a window two weeks ago. I was like, "Hey, you got that giant colossal meat sandwich?" And the guy was like, "What? No you idea." Should, you should have said Meat Mountain. I don't think I don't think they had it. Well, you can't just throw names out there. You need to tell them what it is. Tweet at us at ESPN Las Vegas at Steve Cofield. Anyone get the Meat Mountain? Is it available here in town? It better be. Speaking of Kanye. Good segue. He's a meat mountain? No, there was no segue. Okay. Did you see the story today that, what's his brand? What, the Yeezys? Yeah. This thing is unbelievable. Yeah, they're very popular. Uh, They've got a new partnership with some other major brands. And because of the valuation jumping on Yeezys, the claim is he's now worth $6.6 billion pretty good and you and you know when you hang around the kardashian family you know and how self-made those kids are that was a joke um do you think honey which jenner was the one who they claimed that she was self-made coming from coming from a family worth hundreds of millions of dollars self-made billionaire self-made like that's not self-made do you think kanye when he when he saw that or in the aftermath was like Self-made, pointing at himself like this is self-made. I, mean, I, think like, Kanye, I, didn't, I didn't get like millions of dollar head start to to amass my fortune. I think Kanye points at himself a lot. I don't know if I he think did that's that a good in point. That case, but yeah, I think he's... by the way, anyone who hits their chest like that, that hurts. But maybe my left side is weak from the shot. Yeah, I actually got the vaccine today, so uh, that was seven hours ago. Oh boy! And I was warned about maybe some muscle. Which, by the way, is very funny. Muscle in my arm. (laughs) 
Um, Good luck finding it. Yeah, I did. Oh. I, I did note it. The I did notice the uh, the guy who administered the shot was like he was like feeling around my left shoulder, and he was like he's like man I. I don't know, man. It's kind of jacked up over here. No, no, I don't know what muscle I want to fire this shot into. He didn't do that. I, t- um, I told the lady before I went that I'm very terrified of needles, and she, she did the old, like, hey, look over that way and distracted me. It was very nice of her. What do you think? About the whole process? No, the, the needle. It wasn't bad. It was, wasn't bad. Dude, I, I, like, I can't. To even put the word bad in there is laughable. At oh, least for me, I was like, pop. That was it. I can't do needles at all, though. Really? Oh, yeah. Even like they they do like the little finger prick one just to get oh no freak, you freak out yeah, p- panic yeah. panic attack so uh, the, the process I went through I highly advise if you're worried at all it's it's it was great it yeah, was I, quick it was very organized it felt very safe well when so when the lady said like hey look that way and then I'm just she'll just do it she's like hey where'd you grow up and I was just like and she did it and yeah. I she's yeah. like see you didn't even feel that I was like I was like oh. I felt it. Did you really? <laughs> yes. Wow. All right. But it, it, like I said, it was not bad at at all. And I am the biggest wimp ever. I'm terrified of them. It was very very easy. So I I would yeah I would say if, if even if you're terrified and scared, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Uh, go get it done. Uh, but just going back to Kanye, the thing that bothered me the most from the story is not how much money he's made, which is it does bother me. Uh, but the fact that he said. The reason that his marriage is ending with Kim is because of his presidential run. Oh, like wow. The campaign was just put so much stress on everyone that you know, that's what caused the end of the- He never campaigned. What is he talking about? I never, see, I never saw him do anything campaign-wise. $6.6 billion for Kanye. First thing I thought of was the divorce. Oh, yeah. I'm like, if, if Kim Kardashian gets a lot of this money with as rich as she is, but Kanye's not a moron. They had a prenup. I hope a- according so. to a story a couple of weeks ago when it came down that uh, Kim Kim Ye? Kim Ye. I always want to say Kim Ye, but then it would be Kanye. He must add some good lawyers. She gets, and this is a lot of money, but when you're worth $6.6 billion, she gets $1 million for every year they were married, seven. Yeah. With a cap of $10 million. That's it. Not bad. He's worth $6.6 billion. What about child support, though? You know, I don't know. I was looking into that. Because that's going to be the ugly part. I mean, he should be paying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's going to be where the money comes from. But, but can you go into divorce court or whatever, a proceeding with a straight face, and go, my kids need to get you know, $62 million a year to survive? Sure. It's not going to be that much money. But no, it's the really? lifestyle to which they're accustomed. Yeah, they're already living that lifestyle. She's rich. Yeah, but it's both of their kids. But but there's real like there's really a judge or a moral moral arbiter who's like I agree. Oh yeah. They they all need three million dollars a year to, to live. Not need, but like that's that's Stop. what it, that's what it is. It's crazy. Well, if that's what your if that's what your lifestyle is, if that's what your your father earns. Then yeah, you should be getting a percentage of that. Wow, look at you. I didn't know you. Were, well, I forgot. That's right. Keeping up with the Kardashians. You're not really objective on this. Uh, I am because I don't really like her, and I definitely don't like him. But I just think that's how it's. I think that's just how it's supposed to go. Which mascot will advance the furthest? Hardcore, serious betting talk on the way back. Club 99 is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Want to talk interest rates and ask about getting your mortgage tuned up? Dustin is Cofield's real estate guy. He needs to be yours, too. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600.
It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Lots of Raider news to get to uh, as we'll elaborate on some of the big signings of the last couple days. Nick Martin, the new center. So that was the guy we talked about a couple weeks ago. Texans want to keep Deshaun Watson around. and we, we I think it was actually on a Thursday. We were here, and it happened like an hour before the show. I'm like, what are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> Nick Martin has been a rock. A rock. Like, I think for... Uh, I'll look up his numbers again. His numbers were ridiculous. So Raiders now have the Rodney Hudson replacement. Do we have the money on this yet? He, I don't know if he's a starter. Wait, what? He was terrible last year. Really? Yeah. What was he graded? Um, I thought it was 56. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, I, I mean, again, he's been very good in the past. Doesn't, one year doesn't necessarily mean anything if you have a good track record. Um, I think he only had... I looked this up the other day because I was thinking about him as a potential. Yeah. thought he only had one sack, maybe only four penalties this year, but just was very just average. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, because I, I, I was looking at the sack numbers. I was looking at holding numbers, and, you know, it was all really good. Yeah. Um, and, again, again, even if it's one bad year, and I'm, I'm totally gone off the top of my head on this, so I, could, I couldn't even be wrong on it, but um, I thought he had a, a pretty down year. But that was also – you're also playing, and, again, we talked about this with the Raiders guys – your numbers are helped because you're playing alongside good players. So the offensive line grades are going to be better because you're playing along with better players. But uh, in Houston, it was if you're kind of on a mess of a team, your numbers might not look as great ordinarily. But they need they need guys that have done it. They need experience because they've had you know they're going in a younger direction uh, with some of the choices that they've that they've made here. Uh, so you need some veteran guys to be around. And and you know Nick Martin is a guy who's done it at a high level in the league. So. Uh, makes some sense to bring him in. I think that's a one of those, as we were talking about the under the under the radar signings that they've mostly been making, apart from Kenyon Drake and Ngakwe. Um, that's another under the radar. Like, hey, just add guys that are good, solid players. That's good. Uh, prop bets in faraway places. Which mascot will advance the furthest in the NCAA tournament? You get multiple teams with these. Okay. The favorite Bulldogs, Gonzaga and Drake. Oh, sure. with Drake, they're down eight. Drake's down eight with 15 minutes left. That's minus 200. Big favorite. Cougars, BYU, and Houston, plus 170. Mountaineers, you get West Virginia, Mount St. Whoop, whoop, Mount St. Mary's, uh, already out. So you get West Virginia and App State, you would have, 7-1. to one. Tigers, Missouri, Clemson, Texas Southern, and LSU, 12-1. to one. Texas Southern advanced. Raiders are 12-1. to one. Texas Tech and Colgate. Wildcats, 33-1. to one. Advance the furthest, Abilene Christian and Villanova. All right, go Villanova. That's that's something. I mean, this this feels like Bulldogs is a great play. It does. I'm trying to make a case. Eagles are the final selection. You get four teams, Eastern Washington, Winthrop, Oral Roberts, Moorhead State, 33-1. to one. I mean, make it 1,000-1. to one. Come on, give us, give us something to play with there. That's a disaster. Will an 11 pull the upset on a 6? Can all the sixes win? Because the yes will one eleven pull us, uh, an upset out of six. Like, what, is minus three fifty. Minus seven hundred. Okay, yeah. Uh. 
Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I think you got a good chance of having an 11 win <laughs> at some point. Utah State, Texas Tech? Could happen. I think outright all, win. I think all of them. Syracuse, them San Diego State? BYU sure. against playing? I think uh, Michigan State could win. Okay. Yeah. So there's not enough value to, to say, hey, there's going to be a sweep and I'll collect the no plus 450. No, I think that's that's worth taking a shot on. Uh, you obviously can't lay $7. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, there's a good chance one of them wins. But I would, certainly I would, bet the, I would bet the sweep at plus 450. Team new advanced the furthest in the bracket. Oklahoma State minus 135 over Texas Tech. Um, Which school advance will advance the, the furthest in the tournament? I'm going to take – I'll take the underdog because I think they probably go about the same distance, so you might as well take the take the uh, the plus price on that. Team to advance the furthest, Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan minus 270. Yeah, I'll definitely take Ohio State. Why? Isaiah Livers. What does that mean? Uh, you know, one of Michigan's best players, I think their most important player, is out. And there, there's a chance he can come back at some point. I mean, they're being very vague about the injury, but – um, even if he does, who knows how, you know, how he could play, what level he could play at. I think at that kind of a price, you got to take uh, Ohio State. Two, uh, team to advance the furthest, another Big Ten matchup. Illinois minus 300 over Iowa, plus in the twos. I mean, I, there's, that price is where it is for a reason with Illinois. Um, but you tell me that I, could Iowa make the Elite Eight? Sure. I think Illinois probably gets there too. Uh, Illinois almost certainly goes far, farther, but you can't you can't make that bet. Looking in the way of Illinois, you got Drexel. Boy, Georgia Tech now at that nine seed. Uh, that's hurt. Yeah. They lost their best player to COVID. Although by then, uh, yeah. The second, second game? Yeah, second game. Yeah. They won't be back. Tennessee, Oklahoma State in the bracket. San Diego State, Syracuse, West Virginia, Clemson, Rutgers, Houston. You have Illinois going to the Final Four. I do. Okay, so uh, I would think I, I would think Illinois is going to go further, but again, that price makes it kind of disqualifying. Man. Did we both pick Alabama? I think we did. Okay, Alabama to make the Sweet Sixteen a William Hill prop right here at Silver Sevens. Make the Sweet Sixteen minus one seventy. Uh, I think I'll be betting that. Got to beat Rick Pitino, and then got to take out Maryland or Connecticut. I mean, I really do like Connecticut. I think they're I think they're a uh, bit of a sleeper. They have a chance to make a little bit of a run, but um, I do have Alabama winning that game, and I didn't think too much about it. So uh, I'll go. I'll, I might bet that. Would you? Would you fire on anyone else other than Michigan and Alabama in the East? William Hill odds on winning the East region. Uh, Michigan followed by Alabama. Then Texas is six to one. Florida State six to one. This is a tough bracket. BYU fourteen, UConn fourteen, Colorado fifteen, Maryland twenty-two, LSU down at twenty-two to one, uh, Michigan State sixty, UCLA seventy-five. I would take a shot on UConn, and I would probably take a shot on Florida State. I think uh, that's a team that, even though they're inconsistent, and I certainly didn't like what they did in the uh, ACC championship game. Uh, I think that's a team that could get hot and make a run. Specific seed to win the championship. A number one seed wins it, minus 180. A number two plus 375, three is seven to one, four is nine to one, five is 12 to one. I think I think it's actually a fairly cheap price on the ones. 
and I know we, you know, we want to see upsets, and I think there will be plenty of upsets. I think it's going to be kind of a wild tournament, but um, I think in the end the ones are are pretty strong ones, except for you know Michigan because of the injury. And if if Livers plays, now all of a sudden that's a strong one too. So I think it's a very strong one seed tournament. Conference to win the tournament. It's been like what twenty? It's over twenty years the Big Ten hasn't won it. Yeah. Big Ten is plus one sixty. West Coast. Look at that. BYU. No, not BYU. Um, plus 175. ACC 14. Pac 12. 50 to 1. Mountain West 75 to 1. Take a shot in the Pac 12. Would you? Why not? I actually, um, in trying to figure out, do you or do you have a bracket in front of you right now? Yes. If you're, if you're looking at it. Yep. In trying to figure out, who to take in Gonzaga's bracket because obviously Gonzaga is the best team in the country and they go in as a big favorite. Um, this is what I had a tough time with. It's uh, it's Iowa, Oregon, VCU, Kansas, Eastern Washington, USC, Virginia, Creighton, Oklahoma, Missouri. There's a lot of teams that are flawed either with a crap finish or yeah. they're missing a player yeah. or two. Yeah, and so I, I was like, I got I to gotta try to pick somebody because when you're doing a bracket, you can't pick Gonzaga. I mean, because everybody else is doing it, so like you, it's just a you're just everybody's just throwing their hat in the ring if you all pick Gonzaga to win. So you got to try to find somebody to beat them, and I'm going to try to pick them to lose early. But then I was like, who am I going to pick to win this region? This is nuts. And as I went through it, I did I did the scenario a couple times, and I came to the conclusion I was like, you know what? I'm taking USC. So, oh wow! So I have a bracket where I have USC winning the region, and uh, I might take a shot on them. Coming up, we got the Big Five. We'll get you more updates on uh, the games going on right now. Actually, the game. Uh, Drake is down seven against Wichita State. Twelve minutes left in the game. Low-scoring affair. It's thirty-two to twenty-five. But oh boy, one of the former presidents. This guy really picked a bracket. This is a horrendous bracket. Chalk, chalk, chalk. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.